Welcome back to Climate Champions, a podcast series looking at what people from small island developing states are doing to counter the impacts of climate change in their communities. It's part of our broader digital series, Turning the Tide, which you can visit at turningthetide.devex.com. My name is Naomi Mihara, a producer here at DevEx, and for the next couple of episodes, we'll be looking at the role of young people and volunteering, speaking with two climate activists from Fiji. This tropical holiday destination is made up of over 300 islands. It's famed for its beautiful beaches, volcanic islands, coral reefs and clear waters. But all of that is in jeopardy because of climate change. Already, residents have become all too familiar with flooding and cyclones, most recently with tropical cyclone Harold, which hit the Pacific region in early April and caused widespread destruction in the Solomon Islands, Vanuatu, Fiji and Tonga. But despite all of this, or perhaps because of it, there are plenty of examples of citizens taking action on climate change in their communities. And our next interviewee, Komal Narayan, is one such example. She's a climate activist and volunteer with Alliance for Future Generations, which is a young people-led network that focuses on getting younger generations involved in climate resilience building activities. She's also participated in various climate events around the world, including last year's COP25 and the UN Youth Climate Action Summit last year in New York. And on top of all of that, she's also currently doing research about Fiji's relocation policies as part of her master's thesis. I started off by asking her about what first motivated her to get involved in climate change action and advocacy. I would say as I was growing up, you could sometimes, you know, see firsthand yourself what's actually going on around you. And then there sort of just came a point where I just felt like, you know, um, there must be a reason why all this is happening. And perhaps I can't just, you know, turn a blind eye to this. And um, as I started my university studies and I started to learn more about what climate change is and how it sort of impacts the Pacific and the challenges that Pacific and Fiji in general are facing at the moment because of that. I guess I just felt that in my very own little way there might be something that I could do and then uh, in 2017 that's how I started. I volunteered with a small um, climate change organization here in Fiji and then I just felt that this is my niche you know this is my way of sort of giving back to my community and my country and then yeah it just sort of started from there perhaps you could explain a bit about what you do with the alliance for future generations um what kinds of initiatives does the organization focus on um and what is your role specifically i would say that the alliance for future generations is a young people-led movement Um, championing the voices and meaningful engagement of young people in all efforts of sustainable development. So um, our members are comprised of, you know, young people who are going to um, high schools and even uh, their parents. So the the age group varies from like 15 to 35 years of age. There are some members who are more than that. So and some of the areas that we focus on and that we have already worked on are climate change, oceans, human rights, health. Just last week, uh, given the COVID-19 situation that we are in and also the recent tropical cyclone herald that affected the Pacific, we conducted a online training on backyard gardening to, you know, sort of help our members sustain themselves during these tough times. So we partnered with a local NGO here in Fiji 
that uh, leads uh, trainings in this area of um, agriculture. So yeah, these are some of the sort of some of the areas that we work on. And we try and involve as many young people as possible and we try and motivate them so that, you know, when they eventually go back to their own communities, they're somewhat inspired to come up with projects of their own and try and be, you know, leaders in their own small way within their communities. And um, how engaged do you think that the people are, especially um, younger people? And are you seeing any changes in recent years, maybe due to an increase in the impacts of climate change or also, I guess, due to the work that your group and other groups are doing? There have been many young people in uh, Fiji and in the Pacific who are sort of championing this movement on climate change. But I feel that, um, you know, how ever since Fiji took up the presidency, uh, the COP presidency in 2017 for COP23, um, we had a whole lot of promotions and campaigns going on, a lot of conferences and workshops taking up here in Fiji itself. So uh, it was like uh, climate change was all over the news, in the radio, newspapers, even in um, in schools. So uh, I think it, th- this was the time when people sort of started knowing more about it. So it was like basically every second people you go up to and ask, do you know what um, what COP23 is or what climate change is? And they'll be like, yes, you know, Fiji is going to Bonn to take part in this climate change workshop. And um, they say that, you know, uh, this is how climate change is affecting us. So I think ever since then, the movement has really grown and it's getting stronger by the day. And um, not just young people, but you know how even the little children, they are sort of, um, uh, learning and seeing as well, and I think it's sort of that—that uh, that sort of that mentality is slowly growing here. And so you actually attended the climate talks in Bonn in in 2017. Um, what was that experience like for you, and and what did you take away from that? There was actually an exchange of opportunity taking place between Fiji and Germany at that time for youths. So I applied for that and. Um, my application was accepted. So COP23 was my very first conference that I attended. And it was quite overwhelming, like, you know, going there, um, like for me being new in this area and attending a large a large conference as such, I felt that, you know, I had so much to learn about. There was this need to know so many things more. And then uh, it was that, that realization that when you actually went to that international conference, then you came to realize the severity of the situation and you know what ac- actually is happening in the pacific and what our leaders are trying to do what the youths from here are trying to do and then uh, sort of uh, figuring out for yourself what in which area do you want to focus more on so when the alliance for future generations was founded in 2018 i joined the network and then a group of us um, you know just started identifying the activities and the work they wanted to do and then from there, I started doing more readings on the the formal UNFCCC processes or the actual details of the Paris Agreement, what what Pacific Island countries are doing what. And then um, I was also at that moment trying to figure out my research topic for my master's studies as well. And I came across some articles on relocation and then I started reading more about it. And then I realized that maybe, you know, this is one area that needs uh, more advocacy and awareness on and perhaps this can be something that I can 
uh, you know, talk about whenever I'm participating in any workshops or conferences or seminars. So, uh, and even I, f- I felt that through my research, I might be able to better align my personal personal aspirations to the work that I'm actually doing and somewhat link it up as well. So, and also the that idea that maybe through my research and relocation, I might be able to better help shape the policies that are there and knowing that Fiji was Fiji is one of the very first countries to actually have a relocation guideline in place now I felt that you know this this could be helpful in one way or the other and perhaps you could explain a bit about uh, your research on relocation and the situation in Fiji with regard to relocation and I'd also love to hear what do you feel are the lessons learned from past experiences about how to successfully relocate communities well I'm I'm actually in the middle of uh, doing my data collection for my research and um, it's been a bit delayed because of the whole COVID situation but um, in 2018 Fiji had launched the planned relocation guidelines because of the rising sea level many many coastal communities are being forced to um, you know relocate for, relocate further inland and till date um, as of 2017 there were three three communities in Fiji that has been already relocated because of that and I know that there were one or two in the process. And I think in the next 10 years to come, the Fijian government has identified that there would be over 400 coastal communities that would be in the need, uh, that would really need to be relocated because of this issue of rising sea level. What Fiji is trying to do at the moment is that um, through the formulation of the planned relocation guideline, they want to use it as a, of course, like a guideline to see how they can better shape the future relocations and um, what are some of the challenges that they may encounter and um, while in the process of doing my data collection what I found out is that of course finance is the biggest barrier to it I mean for example there was one community um, the Wunidongolo community in Fiji it had only 25 households and the entire relocation cost about 1 million Fijian dollars so Imagine if a bigger community is being relocated, the amount of money that, you know, you'll have to uh, put into this whole process. And then the fact that um, even after relocation, do they have access to the basic services that they used to have while they were at their old site? And um, just seeing if their life is changing positively after the relocation or they are still, you know, encountering uh, problems or they still have are they still facing any issues mm-hmm. hmm. I'd love to hear a bit about your outreach with communities what have you noticed are the most effective ways of getting people engaged with the issues related to climate change when it comes to uh, working at a community level I don't really think that you know policies or scientific terms or the IPCC reports are more effective uh, what the community wants is a very simplified version of um, what you have to talk to them about. Say, for example, um, if I go into a community and I start talking about um, the IPCC reports or what the science are saying about climate change, they will probably just lose interest in whatever I'm saying, or and they'll have a hard time figuring out what you know we are talking about. So. Um, what we do is, for example, when we have uh, beach cleanup activities, what we do is we usually gather around and uh, because it's mostly young people. So we just talk in, you know, very simple terms saying that, oh, okay, one of the reasons why we're doing this is because it sort of uh, 
creates a healthy um, coastal environment. So there's no rubbish lying around. The um, you know we're reducing plastic pollution as well at the same time. So just talking to them in very simple terms and then actually engaging them first and in whatever activities we're doing. So even if it's just a simple um, backyard gardening or mangrove planting or even beach cleanup activities, I think it's the whole idea is to involve the people as much as possible. So they themselves, you know, get that motivation that um, with or without any help from, you know, outsiders, they will still be able to continue uh, continue doing the um, the suggestions that we have come up with and we have put forward to them. So um, the whole idea is for they for them for them to be able to sustain whatever they have started rather than, you know, depending on someone else to keep coming in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thinking about the idea of climate justice and I just wondered what does it mean to you in the context of Fiji and perhaps could you share an example of where climate justice has really been uh, crucial to a project that you've been working on or um, an example from Fiji? I guess coming from the Global South or from the Pacific Island countries, I think it's really important to see um, climate change through the lens of climate justice because you know, it's actually the livelihoods of the people at the ground level that are being affected, the communities that are being affected. So, you know how I mentioned that we have coastal communities here that are already being relocated. So um, it's not just a fact of, you know, um, finding a new place for them where they just, you know, move their move their homes and they just settle in, but then also seeing it from an ethical point of view as well, um, seeing how this impacts their their livelihood, how it affects their way of life. So uh, when we talk about equity, it should include that these um, these community members have access to decent jobs, adequate health care, or ensuring that they have access to sufficient food and nutrition. Uh, and, you know, these are some of the things that are particularly challenging for coastal communities that have moved inland. So, yeah, I guess it's very important to see um, this these whole issues of climate change in the context of climate justice, because, you know, we're talking about the, the lives of people. Mm. Okay, great. And do you have any advice for other activists from small island states about how to tackle climate change or people who want to kind of get involved with this? I think when it comes down to young people and um, or people coming from the small island developing states, myself being one of them, I feel that, you know, one of the most important thing is just being yourself and following your heart and you know because at the end of the day it's the very small steps that you take from your end that can you know lead to a lead to a bigger change so for example if there's just one young person from a small island developing state um coming up with something big and you know uh, making making a big difference in this whole fight for climate change that we're doing so imagine if all the young people, they come together to work on, you know, similar goals and similar projects. Imagine the difference that they, they, they will be making. It's us, the young people, that play a decisive role in addressing climate change. And um, this is a time for the young people and the leaders to be working together hand in hand to come up with solutions. What I really liked about Kamel's perspective is that it's very much focused on what can be done at the local level and also what are the most practical strategies for engaging communities? Sometimes it seems there's a bit of a disconnect between what's happening at the international level of climate conferences and so on, 
But uh, the work of the the alliance, the group that she volunteers for, um, they're really trying to build that sense of shared purpose among the young people that they work with and also give them the tools to make decisions about the future of their communities and about their lives. And I also liked what she had to say about equity and the importance of seeing climate change through the lens of climate justice, that actually it's not just about climate change, um, this is about human rights, health, livelihoods, and so on. And I think we're very suddenly and clearly seeing the linkages between all of these issues with the impact of climate disasters like Tropical Cyclone Harold on infrastructure, and that really makes them that much more vulnerable to health crises like the current COVID-19 situation we're experiencing now. If you enjoyed this episode, you can hear about others doing great things to tackle climate change on their small islands by listening back to our other episodes, which are available on our website, turningthetide.devex.com. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be continuing the theme of young people and volunteerism. Thanks for listening. <laughs>